Good morning, everybody. It's good to see everybody. I, I appreciate everyone's prayers and your love, and I think it just goes to show that what God's doing here in this body, and not only here, but through the Basilea ministry. I almost lost my job, not because of my heart problem, but because I almost bit my tongue off. All right, you can't preach if you don't have a tongue. So that was how this whole thing got started. Uh, I shared a little bit of that Wednesday. I had some, uh, now we know it was a heart situation, but they thought I was having a seizure. And I just about, I really, my tongue had a rough day. And it took it about 12 or 13 days to get back to where it felt normal. So I said, you know, you can recover from a lot of things, but if you're going to preach the gospel, you've got to have your tongue. So I was thankful that God spared my tongue about two and a half weeks ago. So I uh, appreciate all of you. This is a day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad. Let's stand to our feet. And I'm going back to the Hebrew translation because I live by this all the way till now. We're going to keep living by it from now on. It says, May the Lord answer you in the time of trouble. In the name of Jacob's God keep you safe. May He send you help from the sanctuary and sustain you from Zion. May He receive the tokens of all your meal offerings and approve your burnt offerings. May He grant you your desire and fulfill your every plan. What a word God's offering us there. May we shout for joy in your victory. (laughs) Arrayed by the standards of the name of our God. May the Lord fulfill your every wish. Man, I tell you, God's offered us some awesome stuff. Amen. Now I know that the Lord will give victory to His anointed. We'll answer Him from His heavenly sanctuary. And I'm experiencing that myself. With the mighty victories of His right arm. Who is the right arm? Say it louder. Here we go. They call on chariots. And they call on horses. But we call on the name of the Lord our God. He goes on to say in Psalm 20, They collapse and lie fallen, but we rally and gather strength. I did collapse, but I didn't stay down. But we rally and gather strength because we trust in the Lord. Amen. Our O Lord grant victory. May the King answer us when we call, and He will. The Bible says He will in no way turn us out. Amen. Say it with me. Some trust in chariots and horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. Give Him praise this morning. Let's give Him some praise in this house. Hallelujah. You're worthy to be praised, Lord. You are worthy. You are the Lamb of God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the great physician. You are the Almighty. You're our Savior and our Deliverer. You're our Healer and our Buckler and our Shield. You're our Alpha and Omega, the first and last that was and is and is to come. You are the Son of God. You are the Spotless Lamb. You are the Great I Am. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give Him praise. He's worthy. We praise You, Lord. You're worthy. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn around and tell your neighbor you're on the right team. 
following Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Children's church is dismissed. We also have a nursery next door. The rest of you may be seated. I shared a lot of things that happened uh, to get me to where I'm at. I, I want you to rejoice. <clears throat> Your pastor, uh, it's kind of, God does have a sense of humor. Um, first, let me tell you this. Sister Mary called to check on me, I guess after Wednesday, maybe it's Thursday. And she uh, told me not to be running around with my shirt undone, showing my scar off. <laughs> She's reproved me before I even got a chance to do it. <laughs> uh, so uh, I'm going to share some stuff with you. I think it'll help you. You know, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver him out of them all. Amen. Psalm 34. I, liked, I read this in the Amplified. It said, many hardships and perplexing circumstances confront the righteous, but the Lord rescues him from them all. It's a good word, isn't it? So um, before I get into the message this morning, uh, uh, I want to show you a couple of things on the board too. But uh, I, I didn't say this Wednesday night, but uh, I feel it so strong. I was having a, a, a conversation with a surgeon. Most of you, if you listen to that or were here Wednesday, you know how that came down. Uh, and um, she was a wonderful Christian woman. And uh, I told her during the conversation, I said, uh, uh, I, this is not a matter of who's in charge. I said, I said, I know who's in charge. And I said, God has, a, it's his timing when somebody dies or goes home. I said, I said, I just want you to understand, I need to hear from the Lord. So we're talking probably on Monday when this is going on. And I said, that's my issue. I, I've tried to govern my life by hearing from God with everything I do. And she was being kind and gracious and saying, you know, if you want to go back home where you come from, uh, where you're from, and, and have the surgery. She said, I, we certainly understand that. But she said, I really believe God brought you here for a reason. And, and uh, she said, I would be honored to do the surgery. And she kept calling me by my title. She kept calling me pastor. So she was in some sense honoring that. And I, I could feel all that. And that's when I said, listen, I... For me, it's not about going home or staying here. I said, it's just about hearing from God. I said, I really need to hear from God. And, and so <clears throat> that night, I was praying. I'm going to share some of that scripture with you probably in a little while that the Lord was going over with me. And I, I heard from God. I knew God was saying, stay here and let this happen. So <clears throat> just as a confirmation, the, the next morning bef before she gave me till the very morning, she blocked some time she blocked uh, some uh, time off for me on that Tuesday morning just waiting for me to give her an, an answer and uh, and so I, I felt like God was speaking to me and when I woke up I asked my wife I said because you lose track of time uh, going through all that stuff and I said it's today Yom Kippur and Amy said yeah I said well let's go with it because that's wholeness, total redemption. Everything's, everything's made right on Yom Kippur. That's the day when God's people, when everything is set right. And I knew, and then, of course, the surgeon come in the next uh, little bit and that morning and wanted to know. And she had a word from God for me, too. She had uh, prayed for me that night. And so 
everything work together. So I want you to be confident. I, I think it's important that you know your pastor is okay and then he's ready to keep leading the charge. And that was part of her word was that basically that my work wasn't finished and God's got plans. So I just want you to know that. And I, this is the sense of humor part. Uh, probably in the last year I said, now Lord... I said, we're in the last days, and I said, you've called me to be an end-time preacher, but if I'm going to run as good and, and, and as, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If I'm going to run as good and effectively as I can, I said, you need to fix a few things in my health here. I didn't know we was going to do them all at once. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to do them in Amarillo, Texas, but uh, God, God will answer your prayers. So I'm standing for you, I don't... My gout seems to be gone. Everything is just working in such a wonderful way. And because of the way all this transpired, uh, they checked me out for everything. I, I thought when I was going to take a drink of water after this, that when I would drink it, it would just spew out everywhere because I had so many holes in my body. From I, They checked my sugar like three or four times a day. seemed like every time... The clock went to another hour. They were in there poking me. So <clears throat> I'm not, I don't have anything wrong with me other than those three blocked arteries. And, of course, they're fixed now. So uh, my surgeon said, we're not trying to extend your life. said, we're just repairing you and putting you right back on the same course you were on. So you're going to live out. So God's <clears throat> he done a lot of good work inside of me. Gave me a lot of confidence. But the devil was around. And, uh, and I think especially because we know, uh, he, I'll share that with you in just a moment. So, so the first three days they spent, you know, trying to figure out what was wrong with me uh, neuro, neurologically, uh, and that wasn't the problem. So that's why I got checked out. I visited, I can remember every part of that hospital. I probably was in every single room where they do something. They drew on me with magic markers. They did ultrasounds on my neck, on my legs, everywhere. Uh, the only part I don't remember is the actual room where they did the surgery. First time I'd ever heard this term, they said, well, you, need, you need to have cabbage. <laughs> and I thought, cabbage? That's what they call open heart surgery now. I didn't know that. So that's, uh, I, they use that term around here too. But, but anyway, I thought, I eat plenty of cabbage already. I don't didn't seem so far it hadn't worked. <laughs> uh, uh, open heart surgery is a good way to lose a lot of weight. I don't recommend it, but it's a good way to do it. Um, that's probably the only room I don't remember is where you actually uh, have the surgery. And that's because they've got stuff better than what they grow and make where I'm from <laughs> to put you out. <laughs> so you don't remember any of that. But I've been a, on a speedy recovery, and uh, the Lord's really brought me out fast. Uh, everything went really quick. They got the tube out of my throat really fast. It was just everything was working together. So I'm here today because I'm recovering quickly. Uh, I, certainly, I'm not fully recovering. The last thing you, you do is try to get your wind back, and I'm working on that. I'm getting on the treadmill every day and all that kind of stuff, so just slowly... The only thing that feels weird to me is it feels like my chest here is Velcroed to the rest of my body. That's a weird feeling. So, so I want to share some stuff with you that I think will help you because 
many are the afflictions of the righteous. So we're all going to face things in our lives. And I've faced a lot of events in my life that have... You are the sum of the events that's taken place in your life. Uh, especially starting with, you know, with salvation. You may have grew up on the wrong side of the tracks, but here's something we have to understand about God. He allows things. Now, if He's who He says He is, it means He can stop or start anything, right? God has the power, and I believe that. He's almighty, so He can say, no, you can't do that. And He can say, yeah, you can do that. And He works this way with the enemy. In fact, if you look at this, we see this with Job, right? God, God gives the enemy permission to go after Job. But God has great confidence in Job. He has confidence that he'll hang on to him. And so God allows the enemy to come into Job and do a bunch of stuff in his life. But he also sets a boundary up, right? He says, this, you can't take his life, right? So God has the power to allow the enemy in and out of our lives, and he uses the enemy in and out of our lives constructively. So stick man today is me. I'm going to call him pastor. This is, this is stick man. I'm going to be stick man today. So looking at my situation, first thing you have to know that what I went through, God allowed it. He allowed me to, I'm not saying he was responsible for it, I'm just saying he allowed it. He could have stopped it. I didn't have to collapse in a truck stop or a gas station in Amarillo, Texas. But God allowed it. Okay? Now, why would God allow certain things? Certainly, he's working on this guy from an eternal perspective. And I think a lot of times, and I think I can fall into this trap too, we can keep our focus so much on how can I make life better here? Now, I don't think that was Jesus' focus at all. I don't think he was focusing on how life would be better here. In fact, he said, I don't have anywhere to lay my head. The Son of Man hath, don't have anywhere. His whole focus was on, and I talked about this just briefly Wednesday night. What, are, what is it that you are in pursuit of? Think about it. What are you pursuing? Are you pursuing some goals that you've set for yourself that may not be God's plan or will for your life? And so God is calling us to be... He's working on eternal creatures. That's you and I. All of us are eternal. So there are a lot of things. Was the devil a part of this? I think he was. And the reason I think he was is because of my tongue. I think the devil would have loved for me not to have had a tongue when all this was over. Because that's my mantle, right? My mantle is to share the gospel and to proclaim the words and the ways of the Lord. So I think Satan was certainly around and doing what he could do. But I think God had set up boundaries, right? Do, you th I, do I believe God was doing stuff inside of me through this and continue to? I don't think you have life events. And I've had other life events. Some of you have watched us, our family, go through situations like that as well. We try to be as transparent as we can because the Christian life does not exempt us from trouble. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the word is, but the Lord will deliver them out of them all. 
So the beauty of Job, and none of us, my life in no way compares to Job, the amount of trouble he went through in just a short amount of time. But what an example. What an example. If you want to stop feeling sorry for yourself, read the book of Job. And realize how God works in our lives through affliction, through suffering, to bring us to an expected end. None of us are perfect. We're on a journey to be perfected. And so God takes us down these journeys so that we can be perfected and we can be more like Him. Now, I've not come to the place where I'm totally like Jesus Christ. I think events like this and moments where you spend with God and let Him speak into your life and your situation will help further that. But we're all moving in that direction. If you, I'm going to read you something about Peter here in just a few moments. It was some stuff the Lord shared with me. And Peter was on a path of growth toward that. Peter was being used by God, doing a lot of wonderful things by the Holy Spirit, but he still was being perfected along the journey. And he was still growing, and God was still doing things in him. I've said this to congregations that I've troubleshooted with. If you want to grow in church, you've got to have a growing pastor. You can't have a pastor who's pompous and thinks he's arrived and got everything figured out. You've got to have a pastor that's teachable by the Holy Spirit and that can be led. If I'm going to give new green pasture to you all, then God's got to take me up there too. And so we're all on a journey, and I'm not perfected yet, <clears throat> but God is doing things, and He allows certain things in our lives to bring us to an expected end. So there's a lot of things that could have played into where I was at. God allowed it. Um, God was doing stuff in me, so I probably helped bring myself to that point. The enemy was around trying to do what he could do during those moments, and then God was going to use all this to not only move me forward, but to show, a, show his power and his glory. You know, I preached a lot in the last year about that Hebrew word that says God's already been around the corner before you get there. You know, God had so set a table, and, I, and this will come out over time. You'll see what all God's been doing and saying to me through all this for me and for the body and whatever. But what a beautiful table He set for me there. I, I was set in front of people. You can't imagine. I told my wife, it's like a little house on the prairie or the Waltons. When somebody got sick, they were gone, right? They, didn't, they weren't local. They were gone, and the family was stuck at the house, and nobody. So when, back in the day, my, great, excuse me, my grandfather, who was paralyzed in the mines from his waist down, they put him on a train. He went all the way to California to be in the hospital. No, no wife, no nothing. You know, everybody. But here's the good news, and I was reminded of this. My God is just as much God in Amarillo, Texas, as He is right here in Kentucky. And you know, I, I said this Wednesday night, I, I'm hard on some uh, teachings and uh, uh, things that people promote that are against the Word, and I'll, I'll continue to be hard and stand against that. And a lot of times that comes out of the... Uh, Ivy, uh, Ivy League schools, and, and a lot of times they promote things that, that are against the Scripture. But it's kind of ironic that my surgeon was from Yale. 
<laughs> and John Hopkins, and she, and she's a devout Christian. What you talk about encouragement to know that God's got people everywhere. Everybody's not crazy, right? God has got, he's always got people. And she was the youngest of the group. She was the most unlikely person. She was raised Indian, which the false religion, not American. She's a born-again, spirit-filled believer. Isn't that beautiful? That, and I felt like God was saying to me, son, I got people everywhere. And that's exactly what he told the prophet, wasn't it, Elijah? He said, I, I said, Lord, I'm the only one left. And the Lord said, no, you're not. He said, I got 7,000 that haven't bowed a knee or worshipped the false god. Can you say amen? I'm encouraged to know how God was working through people that uh, maybe I would not have seen before. My first nurse who was trying to, she was just shoving Tharseo down me. And my family wasn't around. Uh... And I was, uh, Todd and uh, Rob were still around. But she was just, she was the first couple of nights I was there, she had me. And she was just, she was a Catholic woman who loved Jesus Christ. And she would just kept shoving, I don't know, she may have not, wouldn't have called it Tharseo, but that's what I called it. She just kept putting courage and strength inside of me and telling me how much God was on my side. And we had never met before in our lives, but she could feel it. And I, I could feel it coming out of her, you know. And that's why the Bible says we bear witness with one another. So sitting out there in no man's land, the Holy Spirit's just as real as He is anywhere else. Can you say amen? So it's, uh, God, was I responsible for being here to some degree? Probably. Was Satan uh, throwing fiery darts? Yeah, he was. Did God allow this? Yes, He did. Does God bring allow physical suffering in our lives to further His purposes? Yes, He does. He does do that at times. Did God orchestrate this? It sure seems like these events were put together by Him. So here's what I know. I know that God's in charge when I don't know anything else. Because I belong to Him. You belong to Him. And I want you to see that in my life. I want you to see that God is fully in charge. He's doing stuff in me. He's taken me into a greater level, I believe, of holiness and purity and just a lot of things He's doing inside of me that He's working on the eternal creature. And I want to be the most effective. That's been part of my prayer in the last years. God, I want to be the most effective I can be as we race toward the end of time. I still believe that there's a good chance all of us are going to be alive when the Lord comes back. I believe that's how close we are. And He fixed me up, so I guess I'm going to be around a long time too. And so uh, I'm going to have more wind when this is all over. You know what that means to you all? It means you're in trouble. <laughs> Romans chapter 8. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8, this is familiar stuff to us, but I just want, to, I want you to leave here encouraged and strengthened. And I know, I, I know many of you uh, love me with a great love, and I appreciate that. I know many of you were praying for me, and I, certainly that was uh, necessary and needed, and I felt it. But I want you to rejoice in the fact that God is still working in my life, and that He's moving me forward that will help us all to go forward. 
and that I am not resistant to Him at all. I want Him to have His perfect will in my life. And I want to encourage you to be the same way. I want you to have His perfect will. Now, in, in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, the Bible says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. One of the things that's happened to me is I want my whole entire life to be built around the glory of Jesus. Retirement, I don't want to get into retirement and sell off, sell off into a never land of being a lazy person. I want God to be glorified in everything I do. But you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid of the things that will come against you because you have been subjected with hope and hope without a question mark because of who that hope is in. And that hope is in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? For we, uh, let me back up, not only that, but we also have the first fruits. Let me back up. I got ahead of here. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. So God has some kind of uh, relationship with His creation, so much so that we see that exercise in the Scripture. God spoke to a big fish and said, I want you to swim this way. There's a guy getting ready to be thrown overboard. I want you to catch him. I want you to take him to Nineveh and spit him out. So God has some relationship with His creation. We know that. Jesus, in the New Testament, when He got ready to ride into town, He said, go get that colt that no one had ever ridden. Well, you don't get on a colt if it's not been ridden before or broken, unless you're the Creator. Don't you think for a minute that that colt didn't know who was riding him? That colt knew that the one that had made him was riding him into town that day. So God has a relationship with creation. He talks about how it groans and labors with birth pains together to now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, that's us. He says, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. And I can tell you, I've had some of those groanings over the last couple of weeks. When you go through physical suffering, you see how frail your body can be and how much pain it can endure or take on. He says, for we were saved in this hope. That's how we got saved. We got saved in the hope of not ever having affliction, but we got saved in the hope of the first thing that we read here. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. In other words, there's got to be an attitude in all of us that has us in a moment, in a space, in a place with God to where giving up is not an option. Turning back is not an option. Quitting is not an option. we got to have people who endure hardship as a good soldier, like Paul says, knowing that what's on the other side is worth all the crud that we got to move through on this side. Some trust in chariots and horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. Give Him some praise this morning. And we cannot fall into the trap of the natural man and how most people live their lives. Most people live their lives and encourage themselves with things they can see. 
They look at maybe their job situation, maybe their possessions, maybe their bank accounts, maybe their clean bill of health, whatever they use to try and encourage themselves. We're different. We encourage ourselves because of the hope that has no question mark. We encourage ourselves because of the one who died in our place and rose from the dead. That we don't have to live our lives any longer under fear. We live in hope that knows no question mark. We live in hope of the things that are yet to come. We live in hope of the resurrection. We live in hope of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We live in hope of eternal life and streets of gold. That hope that is seen, he says, we are the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown, eagerly waiting for the adoption and redemption of our body, and we do. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we see what we do not see, we eagerly wait with it, wait for it with perseverance. So that's it. That's what I want to stress to you this morning. As I come to a close. I don't want you to be discouraged. I, you know, I'm the kind of guy that if I would have kind of felt all right and felt like I was together, I would have come home and maybe waited it out. God knows, He knows us, don't He? And that might have been one of the reasons why He allowed and orchestrated what he orchestrated. When I came to on the ambulance, the guy said, Mr. Robbins, your blood pressure is 200, and I believe he said 7 over 120. And I, I remember thinking, 120 don't sound too bad. <laughs> but it was bad. <laughs> I remember thinking, <laughs> when they got me to, over to the hospital, but man, I want to testify to you all that our God is just as much God in a truck stop in Texas as He is in this building this morning right here. He's just as much God. And I've learned that. That's refreshed me to that. Man, when you go into foreign lands, you don't know anybody, you don't know who to ask for, what to say or what to do, and you just start running into God's Spirit-filled people, So unlikely, at least in the natural, and every corner that I turned in that hospital, God had already went around it before me and was bringing me into the place. He brought me in to the youngest surgeon in the whole group, but He brought me to the one that was Spirit-filled and was trusting in God the same way I was. That's God. Only God can do those things. And brought me into this wonderful nurse who was a born-again Catholic loving me like I was her own son. And just pouring Tharseo into me and letting me know. And that is the most comforting thing. But um, they got ready uh, to... When, we, when I heard from God and everybody was collaborating, we was all in agreement that I was going that morning. Uh, they said, do you, would you like... Do you want to know anything? I said... I don't want to know nothing. You do your thing. I'm one of those guys. I'll stay in my lane. You can stay in your lane. 
I don't want to learn. I don't want to know everything's going on. You just go do your thing. And God, because at that point I knew God had already set everything up. So I am an example to you all. I am an example to you all. God's doing stuff inside of me. And you'll see some of that more and more as we journey together. But nothing's changed except that I'm going to get closer to God and I'm going to put some stuff in front of me that I'm going to be more serious about than other things. Number one is I want God to be glorified in everything. I want Him to be glorified in how I conduct my life in every facet of my life. I want to be more intentional about that. The other thing is I'm going to get more serious about the lost. This the Lord did say to me. The Lord said to me during this situation, He said, I want you to, to be concerned with the things that I concerned with. And, I, and he asked me a question, you know what that is, don't you? And I said, yeah, it's the lost. I'm so thankful for what God's doing in this ministry, Basilea, these churches in Africa, here and everywhere, and we're going to keep doing that. We need the room. You see what's going on out there. But we need to win the lost. Amen. We're running out of time, and we need to go. You need to use your, you, you were given a mouth and a tongue, and don't you take it for granted. Just one little fall in Amarillo and you can lose that bad boy. <laughs> It'd be worse on me than it would some of you all. Some of you could keep your job if you lost your tongue. But I couldn't. So use that to glorify God. Take those moments. Plant and water. God will give the increase. Amen. I want to be serious in my life. I want everything in my life to glorify God. I want, and I want to be so broken about the lost this stuff's not about us it's about the lord and his kingdom so i want you to take with you a couple of things from what i'm sharing with you today number one i want you to really take another look at the loss i want you to look at your own life and see if you're glorifying god see if you're getting your hope from the wrong things what are you pursuing okay i want you and i want you to be that person that says I'm not turning away. I don't care how much suffering there is. I don't care how much persecution there is because I got hope without a question mark. And there's things coming down the road that are worth me staying in the path for. Plenty of things coming down the road. Amen? You're going to see some of those loved ones you sent on before you. Amen? You're going to see the glory of God. You're going to see the Son of Man. You're going to see all these wonderful things that are coming. So don't you quit. No matter how much persecution, suffering you have to do, there's a hope without a question mark that belongs to all of us who name the name of Christ. Let's give him some praise. Amen. Let's stand our feet. God is good. Can you say amen? amen. Many, I'm going to read this to you again from the Amplified. Many hardships and perplexing circumstances confront the righteous. But the Lord rescues him from them all. And I know many of you, I'm just the guy out in front and the latest to have an episode. But I know many of you can testify to that very thing. That God is constantly coming by to renew us and deliver us from our, from our situations. He teaches us. He does stuff inside of us. He's working on our character. But He's also showing up. So that we can have confidence that He's going to deliver us. Can you say amen?
Let's bow our heads for a moment. Lord, we thank You that You've not left us to ourselves. We know, Lord, that greater is He that's in us than He that's in the world. And Lord, as we come before You this morning and open this altar time up, we pray, Lord, if there's anybody in this building that's never asked You to forgive them of their sins, or maybe there's somebody here that's like the prodigal that's ran away and they need to come home this morning. Maybe somebody listening to me around the globe and we, we we're thankful for you that have tuned in and we hear we got some folks, a lot of folks in Missouri now tuning in. We're thankful for that. Those of you that are around the world, wherever you're sitting or maybe you're going to get this podcast this week, are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you living your life in a way that glorifies Him? In your home, at the job, at the gym, wherever you're at. We just pray that the Holy Spirit will do His work inside of you in this building. Somebody here this morning needs to get right with God. Somebody watching or listening needs to get right with God. If you're here and you need prayer for any other thing, maybe you've got a physical condition, maybe you've got a relationship condition, maybe you need a new job, whatever, this altar's open. Your God can do far above what you can even think or ask. That's what the Bible teaches us. So this altar's open as we worship Him.